Hello, everybody, and this particular episode is going to be about my book. I just uh, wrote and published a book called Wait, That's Not All. So the gist of this book is uh, three things. Um, First of all, I, as you probably know, I had struggled majorly with the eating disorder in my um, late teens, early 20s. And it, it, to the point where it almost took my life. And then the Lord walked me through an amazing journey, a very long journey, but an amazing journey of getting complete healing and freedom from that issue to the point of it's no longer an issue and I am healed and set free and, and it's not dormant somewhere and gonna like pounce on me again. No, like even to the point of not recently, but years past ago, where I would try to go back and just couldn't. Now, how's that for deliverance? I couldn't. I would try to go on a diet or behavior modification, food behavior modification, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. It's, it's not in me anymore. Okay, what kind of testimony is that, that you can get so set free? And I think there's some scripture that's like the... um how, uh, how I think it's in the Psalm somewhere. It says the, the trap is broken. Um, that, you know, the, the, the trap that the enemy sets for the birds or something like that. Anyway, the trap is broken. Literally God broke (laughs) that trap to, even if I put my foot in it, it's like, it's not going to snap. It's not going to catch me. It's not So that's some kind of crazy healing and freedom and deliverance. And that is what I want to give you guys the hope of here. So, um, okay. That's a little side note there from my book, but so with that major bondage, so what he walked me through three things, what does not work, which is going to be man-made rules, controlling food behaviors, fad diets, gimmicks, all that. Okay. It doesn't work. Because it, it just deals with behavior modification. And then I'm going to teach you what does work and how, what he showed me. Now, I know the Lord heals, delivers, um, walks people free to freedom in, in many different ways. So I'm not claiming, you know, this is the only way. I give that disclaimer in my book. Um, the analogy he, he gave me about Coco Chanel, where it was like, she created fat, she created not fashion, um, but style and, and style is like, Oh, this feels so good. This, this is my style. This is what fits me. It's comfortable. It's not too tight. It's the fabric's not too sticky. It's I can breathe in it. I've got room or so that eating style, this is the way he showed me and it feels so good. It's, I, it's practical. I can do it the rest of my life. I don't ever have to fall, uh, uh, worry about falling off the wagon and what I can and can't eat and, and, uh, you know, all that stuff. It's like, oh, this is just natural and normal. And what I believe how, you know, God, how God just created our bodies and how to approach and consume food. Very natural, very not controlled, but just natural, organic, um, not organic food, but organic in nature, just kind of in our natural habitat. So, um, okay. So what doesn't work, what, what does work 
And then the last part of my book is the, um, it's a workbook. So you're getting two, two things in my book. It is the, um, reading portion and then a workbook portion. And I just put it all together. I, I thought about doing a book and then a separate workbook, but I, I didn't want people to be tempted to just read the book part of it, but not do the hard part of roll up your sleeves, um, uh, dig, dig deep and do that heart, tr- the heart transforming process. Cause it's hard. This is not a take this book to the beach or, you know, family vacation. Mm, this is one you're going to have to get in the closet with the Lord in. There's probably going to be tear stains on this book <laughs> there, there, you know, you may throw it up against the wall. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully not. But it's, it is one that's like, oh my gosh, I I have to look at this stuff. And if I want to get completely set free and not just, oh, I'm going to gloss over it and and try my best to behavior modificate with what she says in the front part of the book, but never get that heart changing freedom because inevitably, you know, the, the issue is going to keep popping back up unless you pluck it out by the root. So, um, this, this is just the journey. This took me, um, 20 years to kind of put all together from start to finish. And I've, I've, I've been walking in freedom, major freedom for over a decade. So now that, that's not to say that the enemy doesn't try to occasionally pounce upon me, but I have learned this. God delivered me. I talked about that trap being broken. God delivered me, period. Now, I'm a big believer in know your enemy and know, you know, your weaknesses or or where your weaknesses used to be. Because sometimes when we're tired, when we're spent, when it's been, you know, hard things happen in life, you know, deaths, changes, moves, you know, pregnancies, children, you know, all these things. It's like, ah, life is piling up on me. When, when these things can pile up, um, don't think the enemy doesn't try to come at me from time to time and and get me to, to control in this area. But I see it for what it is now. And I, I don't take the bait. And so I'm just saying, just because, uh, you know, if you go through the journey of getting completely free in this area, there's levels and degrees of walking in more and more and more freedom, just like the sun rises in the morning and, and sets at night. So when your freedom comes, think about it being like eight o'clock in the morning, then nine, then 10, that freedom comes to shine at, at noon when it's the brightest. So you'll, you'll get into freedom layers and degrees and levels here. So let me just give you that encouragement. Don't have that black and white thinking of, oh, if I have a, a mess up or an off moment in, in kind of this approach in this way of eating don't let it get discouraged. Don't let it discourage you. Just get right back up and, uh, move on and you'll God, God's gotcha. And he's going to walk you through it as long as you're walking in truth and you're seeking the, the Lord and the Holy spirit in all of this. So let me just tell you, this is my testimony with writing this book. Um, I, I was 
you know, I, I've had all this information swimming around in me for years and, and didn't kind of realize what a treasure I had. I knew he had walked me through all of this and I was like, thank you. You know, finally it's, it, it is finished, you know, <laughs> like I can move on with my life. But then I started having kind of this compassion and conviction of, I don't, I didn't get set free and healed just so I could like, whew, I'm glad that's over. Now let me go on with my life, my husband, my three kids, and you know, whatever, you know, 2.1 kids and white picket fence and two car garage or three car garage or whatever that saying is. Like I didn't go through all of that. The Lord didn't just take me through all that just so I could get all prettied up and move on my way. It's like he caused me to look back and, and kind of have this thought of, why don't you go back and get the rest of them, <laughs> the rest of them that don't have all this information. And you could, you actually have a lot of wisdom and just what he walked me through. He gave me so much wisdom, knowledge, understanding, insight, um, just a way, his way of walking in, in this freedom. He's like, you have all this now, you know, bundle it up and give it to the next person. So it can shave years off of their struggle. And I was like, okay, so here, here's where this was birthed. I was sitting on my couch one, one night, and this was about three years ago. It, it, I just published this book and it took about three years start to finish as I was writing it. And I, I wrote it like, I think it went through three different revisions where it's not even the same book as it started out with. And then it took like a year for the whole publishing process. So three years total. But right before that three years, I was sitting on the couch one night and I think I was, I was just watching TV and all of a sudden I heard, um, the word and I, I, I know what the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like. And I heard slumdog millionaire. And I was like, what does this mean? He, I mean, he had already kind of started stirring in my heart, um, about why don't you put all this stuff together and, and shave all of the roaming around, maybe like the wandering, the children of Israel, when they wandered around the desert for 40 years, he's like, you could shave a lot of roaming <laughs> off of people. Um, so he, he already started stirring that in my heart. And then, then I heard that word in my spirit, slumdog millionaire. And I, so I started thinking about that movie and I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. So if you've ever seen, or if you've not seen slumdog millionaire, here's kind of the way the story goes is there's, there's this kid who grows up in, um, India, I think, is that right? Um, I watched it three years ago. So pardon me if I get any of the um, facts wrong, but the gist of it is there's this, this kid, these two, I think they're brothers, they grow up in, in India and they basically are constantly on the run and they have this really hard life. And they, it, the movie shows them going from event to event to event, hard time to hard time to hard time. Um, and, and it's one of those movies where it shows the beginning at the end and the end at the beginning, you know, one of those where it's like, oh, it's, it threads it all together. Um, 
but he, he is on the show of, do you want to be a millionaire? And it's like the India version or whatever. So, um, basically the, the punchline is he, he is on this show. Do you want to be a millionaire? And they ask him, I think, what is it? 10 questions. They ask him 10 questions and he knows all the answers. And so it, it goes back and forth to how did he know this answer? But then it, it pans back to when he was a child and there was this famous wrestler that he loved and he, he like aspired to, you know, be like him and meet him, meeting him was his big dream. And so he knew, he knew about this wrestler. So that was one of the questions, like whatever it was about this particular wrestler. And then, so, but it was all just this hard thing that this um, kid went through in his life, all these hard situations, but in each one of those hard situations or this quote unquote happenstance, basically, if you could look at it from a sovereignty, like the sovereignty of God, uh, eyeball, it would be like, this is, this has a key in it. This has an answer in it. This has some provision in it for you. So then going back to the, when he is on the show of, do you want to be a millionaire? He is remember every single one of the questions they, they ask him is something hard that he had to go through in his life or something that he experienced. And so, um, in the end he, he wins that million dollars. And it's like, if you can see the sovereignty of God that is is over his life in this movie. I'm just pretending they don't portray the sovereignty of God over his, um, life in this movie, but this is how the Lord spoke to me of when, when he encouraged me to write this book, this is what he said of you have gone through just like this slumdog millionaire guy. You went through all these hard spots and I gave you a key truth, um, healing, you know, all these different things in those hard spots. Now, why don't you write this book and string it all together and let it be manna and healing and truth and freedom for the next person? So that's, that is how it it got birthed in the spirit. And so I, I, I know it's an assignment from the Lord and, uh, there's my heart uh, behind it and the kind of the, the secret word of the Lord that, that ushered it out into the world. So, um, that's that of why I wrote it (laughs) and how it came about and the Lord stringing it all together. So I just want to go through, um, kind of each of these chapters and just, just touch on them. And I don't have any of this scripted. So I'm just Holy Spirit. I'm depending on you to just show me, um, anything I need to expound on. So, um, the first part again, is I said, it's in two parts. The, um, part where one is the writing portion. Um, and then the part two is the workbook exercise portion. So part one, I give my testimony. So here is where 
it's the slums. I am living in the slums, basically. So you're going to get to hear the raw, what I went through. Um, my, you're going to see my battle wounds, my scars, how it's like, I know, I know what it's like to be in the thick of it. And to the point where it was like, God, don't let me die. Don't let me die. I used to sleep, um, with my, um, two, like finger, two fingers on my, um, neck, like to hear my, uh, to feel my pulse because I thought this was my thinking <laughs> back then. I thought if my, if my pulse stops, maybe I can like shake myself awake or I, I just was waiting any minute for my heart to stop. That's how destroyed my body felt on the inside with the way that I was abusing it. So it's to that level. And again, I always want to speak to Please don't think that this is not going to pertain to you if you don't have this life-threatening eating disorder. I, I say it in um, my, uh, I think the, the podcast that I gave about why I even started this podcast. Um, I, it is for everybody. You just apply, um, all these truths can apply to everybody. How heavy you need to apply them or how light. So um, anyway, but it gives my testimony. So it's like, you know. I can relate. I've been there. I've done there from the light part to the heavy part. Okay. And then chapter two is eating disorders and diets, delegated authority. This is, this chapter is going to, here's the kicker. These man-made rules, diets, um, eating disorders, food behavior programs, you know, modification programs that's like eat this way and, and then you'll be your right weight and you'll be free or whatever they promise that these things, we just delegate our authority. I teach you about your authority in Christ and how, when we go on these things, basically it's like we're delegating our authority to these things like, Oh, you know, better than me, or you call the shots today and not the Holy Spirit. So I, throughout my whole book, I want to teach you how to connect with the Holy Spirit because he's the one um, we need to yield ourselves to and delegate our quote unquote authority to not the world or a program or anything like that. So that's what that chapter talks about. False identities, that's kind of self-explanatory, but you, for me, I got to the point where the, the eating disorder was my identity and I just thought, I don't know who I would be or what I would do if I didn't have this struggle. And I know that can be a lot, a struggle for a lot of people where, um, and, and I'm not blaming you at all, but there can be like chronic illnesses and just issues that you've had for your whole life, whether it be food, you know, any of that, but it's like, it, it comes to the point where it defines you, where every conversation is centered around it and focused around it. And, and it's like who you are. And, and I want to help break you free from that. Um, so it's, it's just your identity. It doesn't have to be as a struggler with food or in diets or in eating disorders anymore. Chapter four is a, um, awareness eating, eating according to, um, instincts and intuition. So, um, I, I talk to you, I break it down. This is, this is where it gets super fun, where you, you learn about God given instincts and God given intuition. And this is how God naturally made and wired our, our body. It, it's, it's natural. Um, think about 
the newborn uh, baby. How does that baby know how to root for the mother's nipple? How does the baby know to cry when it's hungry? Um, last time I checked, the mother didn't say, uh, baby, it's um, nine o'clock and on, on your food program today, it says you must cry at nine o'clock because I need to fill your tummy up with breast milk. No, <laughs> it comes from within. The baby senses hunger and it instinctively cries out like, wow, I'm hungry. Feed me. Okay. Transfer that to an adult. We can live in that same way of learning how to tap into the instinct and, and the intuition of, okay, w let my stomach wake up and cry out for food, which is to, to get hungry and then feed it and, and, and always to be mindful in looking for God in, in the provision of that. So that's that chapter five is learning God's voice. Um, so this is where I learned to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit for the first time. And this is where my relationship with the Lord blossomed and developed. And it was the ride of my life. And let me tell you, if you're first, um, embarking upon this way of eating, God bends over backwards. I have so many testimonies. I couldn't write about them in my book all because it would have taken up a whole book just to tell you all the amazing, um, testimonies of or the ways that God just, I waited, I waited for that instinct to kick in. I waited to get truly hungry and then, um, turned to, and, and heard his voice. And as I turned to him to look for how he wanted to provide for me and, and I would get in the scriptures during majorly during this time. And he would just speak so clear. It's like the words would jump off of the pages and I could feel him and I could sense him and but and it was the truth that was changing me so there's lots of different ways that we hear his voice but this is going to be key for you to learn his voice in um in this way of eating okay then the big idea behind collecting your daily manna I give that um uh so this is mm, that I kind of already touched on that it's just why why, why do we collect our daily manna? Why is that important to, uh, what does that look like to collect your daily manna? Like to eat throughout the day? What does that look like? And what's the big idea behind, um, waiting on God and connecting with him and connecting in, uh, collecting your daily manna? Chapter seven is following the trail of breadcrumbs. And this is just, um, watching how he provides for you and and seeing how he orchestrates your eating throughout the day. Um, God's vision for your provision. This is just looking at how he provides for you and what that looks like and how much fun you can have with it. Um, learning chapter nine is learning your stomach boundaries, um, and feeling satisfied. Basically it goes, it goes to like how he naturally created our bodies. Um, where you let yourself feel hungry, get to hunger. You don't have to get to starving. I'm shaking. I feel like I'm on pass out. Okay. You don't have to get to that level, but it's like, can you wait for your stomach to wake up? Is it, there's a kind of a growl. It's kind of starting to burn. It feels empty, hollow. Any of those words can kind of describe, um, the boundary of, oh, I'm empty. And then what does it feel like to fill it up? 
not like, oh, I'm so full. I got to like lay down and take a nap because I'm so full or I can't move. I can't bend over. All I can do is sit here for the next hour because I'm so full. Like, no, that's not, that's probably over. (laughs) It is overeating, but to, to the boundary where it's like, this feels polite, politely full, comfortable. I feel, feel satisfied. So that's going to teach you like Goldilocks, not too much, not too little, just right. And it looks like it's different for everybody. So you can't, you just have to, again, follow the Holy Spirit on this, but you'll know, you'll start to feel in your own stomach, these, these boundary lines of red light, green light. I just think it play that game, red light, green light, red light, green light. Um, okay. That, that will cost you extra chapter 10. Um, these are all the extras where it's like learning, um, it, it exposes some deceitful ways where it's like, oh, I didn't know that this would cost me. Um, one of the things that this, that will cost you extra for is, um, coffee. Like I have learned, or like coffee with creamer. I have learned that, I, in the morning time, I love to have my coffee and creamer, but back in the eating disorder days, I learned that I could just drink coffee all day long and it would suppress my appetite, especially with, um, creamer and that it would stop my blood sugar level from going down to the weight where it needed to go down to. So it could trigger that, um, my hormone to say, Hey, time to eat. So, um, it's just a bunch of, it, it exposes deceitful ways. So you can check your heart with the Lord. Um, and I even have a little, um, excerpt of alcohol in there. So you'll, you'll want to find out about, Hey, that can, that can sabotage your success. So again, take it before the Lord, um, finding the grace. I love, this is one of my favorite chapters. It's there. This is what this eating is all about. Finding the grace. So once you really get your footing in the grace, there's no condemnation. There's no guilt. There's no shame. Just you find the grace in it, how to walk this way. Um, the fighting tips. And that's how I teach you how to fight, um, Oh, just the, okay. The, the midnight binges, the, um, the, um, wanting to escape, wanting to emotionally escape. You have a hard day. Okay. I just want to go, you know, sit in front of the TV and zone out and eat a gallon of ice cream or whatever, you know, your, your zoning out would be. It's like, how do I fight against that? So here's some real practical tools and tips on how to fight against, um, things that could sabotage your success. Um, down to the wire. This chapter is about rewiring your brain. And this is what my aunt used to tell me all the time. And it used to irritate me to no end. She would say, Leslie, you just need to change the tapes, meaning what's playing in your head. Just uh, the thoughts, you know, replacing the lies with the truth. And, And you have to buckle down and do this. Um, or else the, the lie is going to lead you to the path that you don't want to walk down. So, um, that's what that chapter is about strategies for success. That's pretty self-explanatory, um, mess ups and taking a break again. Like I said earlier, this is going to be, um, walk, you walk into this freedom and truth and way of eating, you know, bit by bit, day by day by day, just always think of, the sun rising up. The sun doesn't go from eight o'clock to 12 o'clock, like, 
you know, in the, in the snap of a finger. It doesn't. It's like a gradual progression. And I've, God teaches us his ways through nature all the time. So it's like, you know, if the sun shines gradually in this um, progression, then, and, and it relates it, that to my, um, it, it, there's a scripture that, that talks about our freedom being like the noonday sun coming up, then, you know, why have an expectation on yourself of, I'm going to go from, you know, all this bondage with food to getting it right, um, in what, in, in the matter of a day. Okay. God doesn't have that expectation on the sun and that's not how he created the sun. So don't put that expectation on yourself, but just know it's going to be a gradual walking it out growth process. And then paralytic thinking, which this may be one of my favorite chapters. Um, paralytic thinking is, um, basically all the ways that you may think, um, you get to explore this with you and the Lord that may be sabotaging you. And I, I get into there's victim blaming, um, being overlooked, fault finding jealousy. Uh, it's okay. Look at these things and, Lord, help me to see them for what they are and then change the way I think. I feel like um, back when I, you know, 20 years ago when I was kind of going through all this, one of this phrase, it, it wore me out because I would hear it so much. It's like, you've got a victim mentality. You've And so I feel like that is kind of worn out and overused. So <laughs> it's a different way of saying victim mentality, but it's not. It's it's, it's more than that. And I, I use, um, a scripture to back the, uh, a whole parable to not parable, um, uh, an interaction that Jesus had with that, the man that at the pool of Bethesda, um, that, that was, um, lame or paralyzed. Um, he couldn't walk. So I use that story and then I link it all to paralytic thinking to help you get to the point of, pick up your mat and walk. So, okay, that's all of part one. And then in part two, so let me just tell you in my podcast to come, I am going to be talking about, um, oh goodness, all of these things into extent. I'm going to take each one of these chapters and go over it kind of more. So there's, there's going to be a lot. Um, so I'm going to slide on over these terms or gloss, kind of gloss over these terms. Let me tell you, um, just to let you know kind of where I got these terms in my testimony, I share that I, um, go through the, um, it, it, it's a, was a girl's, is a girl's home. When I went through it, it was called Mercy Ministries. It's now called Mercy Multiplied, but they took, they, they take, it's a faith-based program, um, It's basically one of the things I feel like saved my life that um, my body, I know, would have kept shutting down had I not gone there and just had like a respite of abusing my body with my um, food behaviors. And um, they, just an amazing program. I would like to do a whole podcast on them maybe one day. But some of the things they took me through in counseling are what I share in this. So this was again, some, you know, 20, 20 years ago that I, I went through this. Um, but it, they broke, they, they used it kind of in a broad sense when they took me through this, a lot of the, um, that, you know, they don't use all of these, um, um, 
that I give in my workbook portion, but uh, a good chunk of them they do. But, but the way that they counseled, um, you know, it was kind of an overall arching, you know, they, they helped you apply them to your whole life. So to, to me, and this is another reason why I wanted to create this, uh, write this book and, and take a person through it this way is that it's food focused. So I wanted to make it, um, issue specific of getting this type of inner healing and breaking free from this particular issue. Now you can apply any of these principles or concepts to, um, any area of your life, but for the sake of this book, it, it's food. Um, so I give you the, in chapter 17, the inner healing and breaking free overview. I liken that to getting your God given birthright back. So that's the whole point of inner healing and breaking free is basically going from delegating your authority and slavery to getting your birthright back in Christ living. Um, he came that we might have life and have it abundantly. So getting to that place where that's our birthright in Christ is to have life and have it abundantly. And so getting it back. So that's this whole overview. So the first part I take you through is writing out your life story. This is going to be an exercise that you do, um, with you and the Lord. And I give full instructions on how to do that in the book, but it is a space to get it out. So you, you take lots of time with the, with doing it, um, write out everything that the Holy Spirit shows you. Don't gloss over any area. So much, I feel like, of where eating disorders, food controlling behaviors come from, a lot of them are traumas from our past. Now, I'm not saying this is everybody, but I have talked to so many people over the years and um, a lot of um, binging, overeating, um, eating disorders, there was a major traumatic moment in a person's life where maybe they 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 were a, a suffer from sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse in their home. Um, maybe their parents died when they were um, eight years old, and then it somehow it was like the enemy brought in. You know, they started controlling through food, or they just started zoning out by, you know, eating, overeating and emotional eating because they didn't know how to process through the grief of the loss of their parents. Or So oftentimes our food struggles are linked to wounding, trauma, and it doesn't have to be major. It could just be like um, moving homes. Like it doesn't have to be some major traumatic, but it it affected you whatever it was, it affected you. It, it hurt you. And, and there's like, you're stuck in, I never got to fully process that. And, and you may not know it and you may not realize it. So that's why the part, this part of writing out your life story is so important because, and only the Holy Spirit can show you and highlight to you. So when you get into it and I always lead you, I always lead you in prayers when you do, um, your exercises, like you got to cover yourself in prayer. Um, the Holy spirit, I pray is with you and he shows you and just do what he shows you. He may show you a couple things to write out. He may show you 10 things to write out. Each person is different, but nevertheless, just trust him on this. And I always pray, you know, Lord, let these people find your presence, let them sense you. And when you feel like he said, that's enough, 
you stop. Don't try to keep pushing and pressing into areas that he's not ready to take you into. You know, I think of Jesus when he said, I have so much more to tell you, but I can't tell you right now. You can't bear it. Okay. He's not going to dump the whole, you know, everything on you at once. Um, he, he'll show you what you need for right now. And you may have to go through this book a couple times. That's okay. However, he leads you in it. So don't, don't feel like you have to, um, uncover everything, um, all at once. Okay. So the confession and repentance, this gets into, um, where you, where you confess when there's been sins and, um, rebellion or whatever, the confession and repentance, if we don't have confession, confession and repentance, um, then it's like we're holding something back from the Lord. So basically that's going to bear it before the Lord. It says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. Uh, is that, what is that? First John 1, 9, um, I think. So don't quote me on that. Look it up for yourself, but I don't have my notes with me right now. But there's scripture that says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. And that's the whole point of confessing it before him because that we may be healed and we've got to take these things to him so he can then wipe and wash our hearts clean forgiveness um i had a lot of um unforgiveness in my heart toward my parents who got a divorce who i and you know then i'm like blaming if y'all wouldn't have got a divorce if we didn't move if these things didn't happen i would have never struggled with this issue and my life would be fine or you know so i had a lot of um, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness in my heart toward a lot of people that kept me bound up. So he will take you through, um, forgiveness and who or what you need to forgive to get clean here in this area. Um, cause this is where a lot of power of darkness can hide is in unforgiveness. We're giving the enemy open access to our hearts when we operate in unforgiveness. The word is very clear about that. Um, so just think of who you need to forgive. Maybe was it abusers in your life? Um, was it say your parents got into a car crash? Was it the person that was maybe drunk driving that, um, took your parents' life? Uh, You know, do you, you need to forgive that person? Um, you know, so any, anybody that was on the other side of this, because of them or, you know, this affected my life. And, and then I turn to food. Now they're not responsible for you turning to food, but it's like, ah, this event happened and this person or situation or whatever was involved in this event happening in my life. And then that resulted in me turning to food, though I, you know, you chose that, but nevertheless, forgive that person for their part in it so that you can be free of it. Judgment. Um, there's judgments that we can, can have, um, that, that can really, um, anchor us into bondage with food. I think of, um, I'm going to zip through these a little bit more because I'm going to try and keep these podcasts short so that, um, you're not overwhelmed by it and, and you can listen to it in a realistic time frame. So there's one story on judgments. I, I remember there's this girl that, um, just, I was in relationship, just a friend and her parents were, um, all overweight 
and she she judged them for being overweight and she just it was like they weren't living up to her standard of what a successful person should or look like and so she had harsh judgment um toward them and she struggled with anorexia because it it was like that there was a judgment that came back on her the word says judge not least you be least you be judged so she was judging them for your yours your um overweightness or you know being overweight and not having self control that equals um your lack of success and that judgment was coming back on her of her underweightness equaled um her having success so it was it's just like this reaping and sowing so any judgments that you have on somebody that per, go in this area of uh food weight this is the place to break those off. Um, ungodly beliefs and behavior manifestation. The ungodly beliefs, I go back to what my aunt talked about. And this is where you look at all the lies and all the ungodly beliefs um, that that need to be broken off. Such as, um, I talk about the person who eats super healthy. Like, if I put my chemical in this body... Um, or I, yeah, if I put this chemical in my body, my body's going to completely shut down. Um, you know, unless there's some kind of medical reason necessary, um, you know, don't do that. If you're allergic to shellfish, then by all means, please do not eat shellfish. But if it's something that's just because, then look at these beliefs that you've developed around food. Oh, I can't eat. I, I hear it all the time. I can't eat bread. It makes me gain weight. Okay. Uh, in my opinion, I'm not believing that. If you have one piece of bread, you're not going to gain 10 pounds from eating one piece of bread. That is an ungodly belief you've developed in your head, and it needs to be broken. Um, and these beliefs affect our behaviors. So that's breaking that off. Inner vows, a lot of inner vows are the I will always or I will never. I hear people say it all the time, you know, I... Um, I, I can never, you know, I can never have bread. Um, I will always struggle with my weight or it's those type of vows need to be broken off your life. Um, word curses. Oh, I love this chapter. I give you testimonies of how I curse my body. Um, and, and I couldn't figure out like why I wasn't blessed in that way. And I had to break that curse off of, of my body. Um, um, and I had to break agreement with it. Ungodly soul ties. I, I would have ties with a certain size. Like if there's ties with sizes of jeans, sizes of clothes, even, um, uh, gum. I give a testimony where I, there, I had such a tie to gum that it, cause it was my way of not eating, um, or, or diet Cokes. I know people have, um, you know, this, it's like, I'm just going to drink diet Coke all day and not have to um, um, eat. So it's like this, this tie, I have got to break tethers with it. Now I can have gum now, but you know what? God so delivered me from it that I can, I can barely, I only need it if I may like be talking to somebody and I know like, Ooh, I just had, you know, something with garlic in it for lunch. Okay. Give me a piece of gum and freshen my breath. But I, I just can barely even bring myself to chew gum now because it's so he so broke that tie that I had with it 
generational patterns in high places. This just talks about, um, there's a, sometimes, um, these are patterns that got passed down from family members. And I give testimony of, um, th- this is the eating disorders and, and turning to food, whether it be restricting or overeating. Um, this was in my family line. So I talk, I give you scripture on how to break the, the generational pattern, if it pertains to you, break it off your life, draw, draw the bloodline of Christ over it, um, because a lot of times we'll have a propensity to walk in the ways of our parents. I mean, you, we hear it all the time. You just not, you might not be aware that that's what it, that's what it is. Um, like you've heard people say, oh, you know, his dad was an alcoholic and his grandpa was an alcoholic and that's why he struggled with alcohol. Okay. The that is a generational pattern and it's passed down and it can be broken and you can be set free from it. So that's exciting to get into. And again, the Lord will show you if anything, um, uh, some generational patterns there, um, healing open wounds. This is where you go to the Lord, you know, all. So when you did your life story and all of the, um, things that the Lord maybe highlighted to you that were major hurts or wounds around, um, your struggles with food. This is the space that you walk through it with him. Um, so you don't have to go through the healing process when you write your life story out. This is the space for going through the healing process. And there's been a lot of different ways that people have, um, gone through, um, inner healing, uh, with their particular wounds there's, um, okay, where's Jesus in this vision or this wound? Where is he? Where I, because I can't walk you through this face to face and personally in a ministry setting, I wanted to point you to the word of God and I, the word, this is what I, I wanted to jump off the pages and do an audio recording to tell you this myself in my book. I cannot tell you how fun this is when you take a wound um, to the Lord and 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 lay it bare before Him, you you get it out. I was angry. I was hurt. This is how it made me feel. Uh, you know, you you get it out before the Lord. David in the Psalms poured out his complaint before the Lord. If this hurt and anger and frustration, whatever it is, if that's been shoved deep with these struggles your whole life and have never had a voice, have never come up. This is your space. So, and you do this privately, you, you journal it out or talk it out, you know, make sure no one's around, but you pour your heart up before the Lord. He will listen to you. He wants you to get it out. He wants to hear you so that he can get his truth in you. Um, and it's like trying, you know, when a kid is sick and they're like throwing up, you, you, you don't put medicine down them as they're throwing up, <laughs> wait for them to vomit. And then it's like, okay, there's still some poison in you. Let me put you, put this medicine, the spoonful of medicine in you now, and then it will go and, and heal your body. Right? So that's like, do the vomiting first. Yeah. You know, like metaphorically speaking, not literally, but pur- purge your heart to God, get all that hurt, get all the wound, whatever out around the wound out and, and then go to him and ask him, um, this is, this is where it's amazing. 
Jesus, it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, Jesus is the word in flesh. He's the word. And so we can go to turn into our Bibles and say, Jesus, you are the word. Can you relate to me? Can you bring comfort, bring truth, bring revelation, bring healing, relate to me and what I went through, through your word. And as you get in that word, Jesus will jump off the pages and he'll either take you through a story of where somebody else went through it or where he himself went through it personally. Um, and, and bring, and that's where the power, now I can't do this only, or no one else can. It is only the Holy Spirit that can bring the, you know, make the power in the words in the Bible manifest and speak deep to that wound and bring healing. That's the whole point. So there's this um, story where this, a person, a friend I was kind of acquainted with, but years ago, they, they were betrayed and really wounded by a friend. And so they applied this exercise and they went to, got in their quiet time, went to their closet and poured their heart about, I feel so betrayed by this person. I am so hurt. I'm angry. Why did you let that happen to me? You know, whatever it is that needed to come out. And he's like, Jesus, uh, help me. Um, speak to me. And so the Holy Spirit leads him to um, where Jesus was um, betrayed by Judas with that kiss. And so, so um, Jesus is like, I know, I know what it's like to be betrayed. I was betrayed too. And so it's like, oh my gosh, I, you can relate to me and you and so then then the Holy Spirit did ministry of um, ministry to this person's heart in that it, it, Jesus doesn't just say oh yeah me too and then dismiss it he's going to take it further and really minister healing into that place of I get you I get you because <laughs> the, the word says like he was tempted at all points so there's nothing that he can't relate to now he didn't sin but when it says he was tempted at all points, I'm just going to leave that right there and say he was tempted at all points. So anything, was he tempted with overeating? Well, I'll let you think about that for yourself. Was he tempted to like get something before it was time? Okay, let's, let's take um, when uh, Satan took him up uh, when he was fasting and Satan said, hey, turn this bread, or turn this um, stone into a piece of bread. He was tempted to feed himself before it was time and out of God's timing. And he was like, okay, nope, I'm not going to take that for myself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit this to the Lord and die to it. Okay, so I'm just saying there's nothing that he can't come into and relate to you and at least, you know, and have empathy and minister to that place. So there's the healing open wounds, um, in an inner healing portion. And then the, the prayer chapter 28, two more chapters, 
um, chapter 28, prayer for breaking strongholds. So when you have dealt with, I call all of these areas footholds, when you've dealt with all of these um, footholds, then you go through this prayer and it's just reading the prayer out loud and it's a breaking that stronghold. So it's like a one final, I think of Karate Kid when he does the crane. (laughs) If anyone's seen that movie with Ralph Macchio and he does the crane kick and it's like, you know, he watches his master. Remember Mr. Miyagi? He watches his master do this crane and he secretly is practicing it on the side. And so when he gets wounded, um, remember when, uh, the guy does the sweep the leg and tries to take him out and he's like, okay, I got one shot in me left. Ralph Macchio is like, or Danielson is like, I got one shot in me. And he's like, I'm going to try this crane kick. So consider this the crane kick. And it's like taking the enemy down. And then he goes to win, you know, that championship title. Um, and then, uh, walking it out. So these are all, uh, keys, helpful tools. Um, you know, just ways that the Lord had me walk it out that I want to share it with you. So anyway, um, oh, I know this was a bit of a long podcast and that's the beauty of podcasts that you can kind of start and stop, um, when, when you need to. And so I just pray over, um, this book and I I pray that you're blessed by this book. Uh, I'm glad I did give space to just talk about it a little bit more, you know, kind of just like roadmap of, Hey, uh, I've been on this journey and here's kind of how it looks to walk it out and explaining it just a little bit more in person. So you feel like, Hey, I'm a real person. I'm alive. I'm here. I'm here to help walk this Uh, walk you out of this place of darkness and into the light. So, um, there you go, guys. You've got the story behind the story (laughs) and what all those things mean. All right. Have a blessed day.